0: mama I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law lawmen is put an end to my running and I'm so far from my home hey Pittsburgh welcome to Steel City Hockey a podcast covering everything Pittsburgh Penguins I'm your host Dave Holcomb Thanks again for tuning in to this off-season edition of Steel City Hockey. We've had some long episodes lately, so we're going to try and make this one short and sweet. Some big news, though, for the Penguins over the last week. I think the Penguins are just allergic to first-round picks because they had a first-round pick this year. They didn't deal it at the trade deadline, but they deal it during the draft last Friday night. And in exchange, they get Ryan Reeves' from the St. Louis Blues. There were a couple other things involved in that trade. We'll get to that right off the top of the show, and I'll explain why it isn't as bad of a deal as everybody made it sound on draft night. We'll also take a look at the draft that the Penguins had. They had six picks other than the first round pick, so they had six, six new players in their organization. Four defensemen going heavy on the blue line as they should. They did that last year. They did it again this year. I I liked the Penguins draft. Uh, Who knows at this point if it's going to work out, but I I think it was a good draft, and we'll take our first look at the players that are being added to their organization. And we're also going to preview free agency real briefly, look at the players that uh, the Penguins have that are going to be hitting the open market uh, uh, this weekend. Free agency starts Saturday, and uh, basically give an update um, with some of my opinion on who could be coming back and who isn't coming back, that uh, of the of the Penguins' free agents, uh, who can come back, who who will not. Uh, but that's a little bit later on in the show. Let's go with the Ryan Reeves deal right off the top of the bat, uh, right off the top of the of the show. Nobody seemed to like this deal when it happened, and and I was included in this group. Friday night last week, I did not like the Reeves trade. Now included. In the deal, other than the first round pick from the Penguins, 31st overall, they also sent center Oscar Sundquist, a young prospect. I believe he's 23 years old. He played 10 games this season, actually played more last year, but 10 games this year uh, didn't do a whole lot. But he was a guy that last summer was going to replace Matt Cullen if Matt Cullen didn't come back to be the fourth line center for the team this year. So, Again, he was looked at as possibly a fourth-line center replacement for Cullen, um, the heir apparent there. And with Nick Benino being a, a unrestricted free agent, he could possibly slide all the way up to the third line. Now, instead, Sunquist is gone. And also included in the deal is was the second-round pick from the St. Louis Blues. The Penguins didn't have a second-round pick because they sent it to Carolina in the Ron Hainsey deal. So the top pick the Penguins had, was 51st overall in the in the draft. And if you look at the trade, I think a lot of people, it's kind of a cliche, but there's an unwritten rule when it comes to trades. If you're getting the best player in the deal, you're winning the deal. Well, we don't know yet for sure, but everybody's assuming that Oscar Sundquist is a better player than Ryan Reeves, and um, we'll get to why in a minute. But uh, And the Penguins also gave up the better draft pick. So from that perspective, it was an awful deal. But, I don't think it's as bad as everybody wants to make it out to be for several different reasons. Number one, Ryan Reeves is not just a goon. I think everybody, Penguins Twitter, was reacting to giving up a first-round pick for a goon. And Reeves is more than a goon. If you remember last season, this, this past season, I believe the game was in January, Ryan Reeves scored on a breakaway goal. Against the Penguins in Pittsburgh. It was an ugly game. I think the Penguins lost 3-0 against St. Louis in this game. They won in St. Louis this year. But the the home game against the Blues, St. Louis won. Ryan Reeves scores the second or third goal of the game, which pretty much ended the the contest. It was a 3-0. And Reeves gets a breakaway, outskates Justin Schultz on the play and beats him to the goal and beats Matt Murray. I believe it was Matt Murray in net that night. On uh, on a breakaway, so that to me, right there, yeah, I think the the Penguins' Twitter reaction to that that night was, God, how do you let Ryan Reeves go past you, Justin, Justin Solch? How, Matt Murray? How do you let a guy like Ryan Reeves beat you on a breakaway? Well, you know, give give Ryan Reeves a little bit of credit. I think he's a better hockey player than we're really giving him credit for. And and, and Jim Rutherford believes that. And Mike Sullivan believes that the the quotes that they had for him, I know that they have to, and maybe in, especially in Mike Sullivan's case, they have to dress it up a little bit and, and uh, try to sell the idea that this is the right decision. But Jim Rutherford is pulling the strings. So Jim Rutherford f- firmly believes that this was a, a, a good move, a, a move that was necessary for his team to make. Uh, the quote that I wanted to read from Rutherford, he can play. Uh, he skates very well for a big guy. He gets in on the forecheck, which is what I what we'd like. He can certainly fit in our system and play. That was a quote from uh, Tri- the Tribune Review, uh, triblive.com. Uh, and, and Sullivan, I'm going to paraphrase his quotes. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, reiterated that he thought Reeves was a good skater, somebody that they want to help uh, develop his game further, not just a goon. And if you look at his numbers last year, look, it's not going to jump off the charts for anybody. He scored seven goals, 58 shots on goal. He attempted 105 shots. All of those were career highs. Again, nothing that's going to impress you, but uh, those were all career highs um, across the board in terms of the scoring. Uh, And if you look at his goals per 60 minutes, and compared to some of the other players the Penguins have on their roster, or at least had their on their roster last year. Ryan Reeves actually has a .59 goals per 60 minutes average, which is the same as Scott Wilson and better than Chris Kunitz, Carl Hagelin, and Tom Kunackle. Carl Hagelin played almost twice as many minutes per game as Ryan Reeves did last season. Reeves played eight minutes per game last year. Uh, excuse me. He's averaged eight minutes per game in his career. I think it was a little bit above eight minutes, 834, if I remember correctly. Uh, 853, sorry, 853 um, per game last year. He's averaged eight minutes per game in his career. But, but last year, just a tick under nine minutes, he scores seven goals. Hagelin was closer to 15 minutes. He only 15 minutes per game, and only scored six goals. Now Hagelin had fewer games, but he still had more minutes than Reeves overall on the season. Clearly indicated by the goal, the much lower, I would say, goals per 60 minutes. I know Hagelin played hurt, so look, we're, we're hoping the the Penguins are hoping to get more than six goals from Carl Hagelin in in 2017-18. But I think that speaks volumes to the fact that hey. Hagelin was a very valuable piece to the Penguins, despite not scoring, and Reeves can be similar uh, and, and provide something that nobody else on the team can do. Uh, this is not a Tom Sestito. Uh, well, he is a Tom Sestito in the, in the sense that he's providing what Tom Sestito normally does for the Penguins, but Reeves has more skill than Tom Sestito. The Penguins have been hesitant to put Tom Sestito in their lineup because he has no skill. But Reeves has more skill, is a better skater, is not going to slow down the Penguins' attack that much. I know you can't roll four lines when he's only playing nine minutes per game, but hey, you get an opportunity to double-shift Crosby, Malk, and uh, Kessel when Reeves isn't Uh, playing when you're only uh, playing him eight, nine minutes per game. And who knows, maybe he can play nine or ten minutes uh, and uh, really uh, step up his game even more than he did last season. So that's really, in a nutshell, that's the number one reason why I think it's it's not as bad of a trade as, as everybody thinks because Reeves is a better hockey player, more skilled than we're all giving him credit for. The second thing is, overall, I think this makes the Penguins a better team. We don't want to have enforcers in the league anymore, and I understand that, but if you have guys that can fight and play hockey like Reeves appears to be able to do, what's the harm in having a little bit of toughness, a little bit of grit? Will it deter teams from hitting Crosby and Malkin? Probably not. I admit that. I don't think Reeves is going to step in and and Crosby not get any more headshots next season or next postseason. It's still going to happen. But they're going to have to answer to Ryan Reeves when it does happen. And I think uh, with with Columbus, uh, with Washington, when they, and Ottawa probably had the most shenanigans uh, during the postseason. When shenanigans happen, Ryan Reeves is going to step in and, and uh, take care of business. I And as long as he does it in a smart way, I think this makes the Penguins a more complete team. You obviously don't want him taking dumb penalties, as he's been known to do, I guess, in the past. He's had a lot of penalty minutes in his career, more than a penalty minute per game last season. Uh, excuse me. More, yeah, more than a penalty minute per game. But, uh, but if he does it in a smart way and is able to be an enforcer and play hockey with some skill... I don't see why fans need to be upset, so upset about this. Um, And I think the natural reaction is, well, we won two Stanley Cups without an enforcer. Well, I would say to them, you also won a Stanley Cup without Chris Letang. Are you going to argue that Chris Letang doesn't make the team better? Argue that he's expendable now because they made it to the Stanley Cup and won without him? No, absolutely not. There are always ways that your teams can get better. And adding Latang to the lineup is going to make the Penguins better next season. And I think adding Ryan Reeves is going to make them a more complete team, give them another way, perhaps, to win some games. Um, and I think lastly, as I wrap this up, the other re- big reason why I don't think it's that bad of a trade is, is Sunquist himself. Only played 10 games this year. All of the injuries, think about, think back to all of the injuries the Penguins had. At one point, they had nine guys missing from the lineup, and Sundquist only played 10 games. Last season, he played twice as many as, as 10 games. I think he played 20 regular season and postseason games last year. He didn't appear in any postseason game this year. To me, he was passed on the depth chart by Carter Rowdy. The organizational depth chart, Carter Rowney has stepped up. Carter Rowney is the heir apparent for the fourth line center. Uh, if Nick Bonino doesn't come back, maybe third line center. So to me, yes, Sunquist could turn into a very good NHL player he's destined to be a bottom 6 guy in his career though and he might not help the team even this season based on how he played last year and depending on what free agents come back Sunquist might again be on the AHL team if he was still on the penguins so i think just like just like the the deal or no deal uh, during the season for flurry the penguins kept flurry so that they could win the Stanley Cup in case matt murray went down and look uh, that that happened. Um, but it was a move made for the short term, and Rutherford worried about the expansion draft and everything with Flurry after the season. He's doing the same thing this summer. He is going to make most of his decisions, not all of them, but most of his decisions are going to be made trying to win the 3 That was made very clear by Mike Sullivan at the parade. They're going for the 3 P. Yes, sure, the Penguins would want to win a Stanley Cup and 2019, 2020, whatever. But right now, Rutherford's goal, put together the best roster that can help him win in 2018. Having the first round pick versus a second round pick doesn't make a difference for winning in 2018. And having Ryan Reeves, a player that's going to be on your roster versus a guy that is a fringe roster player, is going to help you win in 2018. That's why, to me... That I think that's probably the number one reason, honestly, that Reeves is an NHL player and Sunquist isn't yet. And Reeves will help the Penguins in the short term. Sunquist would have helped in the longer term, but also we don't know if he's going to help in the longer term because he's still a prospect. So, And the Penguins are in win-now mode. Reeves is going to help them win now. But I'd love to hear your opinion on this subject. I know that most people are going to disagree with me with this, but I think uh, my points are very valid. Um, but I, I understand the, the angst from the trade because, again, Sundquist could turn out to be the better player, and the Penguins gave up the better pick. So let me know what you think. What side of uh, the, the uh, dividing line here in the Reeves deal do you fall on? Tweet at me, at DM Holcomb. You could also email me, HolcombMDavid at Gmail. Com. going into our first break on this edition of steel city hockey when we come back we'll take a look at the six players the penguins selected in the 2017 nhl draft welcome back to steel city hockey a podcast covering everything pittsburgh penguins i'm your host dave holcomb let's get in a little bit to the draft now as i mentioned at the top of the show four of the six players the penguins selected were defensemen and i think that's kind of the takeaway point that you everybody should have uh coming away from the draft i mean especially when you don't have a first round pick it's really hard to say well yeah they they made a good selection or didn't make a good selection first round maybe yeah you can have an opinion on those guys were they a good pick not a good pick but after the first round it gets really difficult um, it's not like the NFL where we're going to see these guys next season. Uh, it's going to be years down the road for some of these guys if they ever make it. So, but let's, let's briefly look at these guys. Uh, number 51, the the pick that they got, the Penguins got from St. Louis in the Reeves deal uh, with that selection. They, they picked Zachary Lawson, a defensive defenseman models his game after Mark Edward Vlasic from the San Jose Sharks. So, to me, that's all you really need to know right there. Uh, not going to be a huge offensive defenseman, uh, but a guy that's already pretty solid in, in his uh, in his own zone. And uh, hey, if he comes becomes even a, sh- a shell of, of uh, Velasic he would be a, a very serviceable NHL defenseman. At number 93, the second pick for the Penguins in the third round, they selected defenseman Clayton Phillips. Offensive defenseman, more qualities of a Chris Letang-type player. I'm not saying he's going to be Chris Letang. I hate the comparisons on draft night. They go on and on about how, I'm talking about NBC Sports Network, how there is no generational talent in this draft. And then the first defenseman that was picked, I think it was the first defenseman, they compared him to Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson is a generational talent. You're comparing a kid to Eric Carlson, but he's not a generational talent. It blows my mind sometimes with these comparisons. I, I get that it's just a similar style. They're trying to say that he plays a similar style, not necessarily he's going to be as good as that player. But I still think it's kind of stupid. Um, the, the, the kid themselves telling me, hey, this is my favorite play. This is, the, this is the guy I try to play like. I think that's a little bit more valuable. Um, but somebody just blatantly saying, okay, this guy plays like this player. This guy is like this player. This player reminds me of this player. It's a bunch of hogwash to me. But uh, I think that the number one takeaway point here from Lawson and, and Phillips, both of them are very mobile um, and and puck-moving defensemen. All four of the defensemen that the Penguins took were puck-moving, quick, good skaters, mobile. They use all of the same uh, descriptive words for all four guys. Now, the last two uh, anti- Paolo Javari, man, I probably butchered that word. He's fin- he's from Finland. And uh, Will Riley, selected in the 6th and 7th round, respectively. They're more projects. Um, those guys are going to be f- much further down the road if they ever make it to the NHL. We're talking, I, I would assume, four or five years. But uh, they're also quick, good skaters, mobile. Uh, and-, and I think, other than... The takeaway point that the Penguins addressed their biggest need, the blue line. The other thing that I want fans to realize with this draft is nothing has changed in the Penguins' philosophy, despite the Ryan Reeves trait. I think everybody was all out of of whack because, oh my God, the Penguins are going to go back to trying to be a tough team. They're going to be, they have an enforcer now. Uh, They're not going to try and beat people with skill anymore. What are we doing? This is crazy. No. It's one roster spot, guys. One roster spot is going to an enforcer who also can skate, not just an enforcer. But everybody else, the entire the entire draft was fast, quick, puck-moving defensemen, mostly, four of the six picks. And a, and four of the six picks last year were the same, puck-moving, quick, mobile defensemen. Eight of the last 12 picks the Penguins have made have been defensemen. So going heavy on that need and Addressing or going after a specific style of defenseman. I think the Penguins have done a very good job with that. In between the four defensemen in the fifth round, they selected left wing uh, Jan Drozen at at 152nd overall. My apologies to Jan for probably uh, mispronouncing his name. And center Linus Olden at 155th overall in the fifth round. So uh, center all of a sudden is kind of a position of need. Hopefully, penguins get back either nick bonino or matt cullen and we're going to get into that when we preview free agency in our next segment going into another break here on steel city hockey when we come back we'll get to those free agents that will be hitting the open market on saturday City Hockey, a podcast covering everything Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. I want to end today with a little free agency preview. We're not going into all the free agents that are going to be available. Uh, we'll have a full free agency recap, at least the first few days, next week. But uh, I wanted to look at, uh, kind of update the situation that the Penguins are facing with all of their own free agents. There is a report from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette that all the Penguins free agents are getting interest on the market. So that's a bad thing for the Penguins. All the guys are apparently getting calls, perhaps getting offers, or will be getting offers uh, this Saturday. Uh, The period that the free agents could begin talking to uh, other teams began, I believe it was Sunday. So it's already been a few days now. And this story came out the first day that – you know, Trevor Daly, Nick Bonino, Chris Kunitz. Uh, there was nobody really specifically mentioned. It just said everybody, all of the unrestricted free agents were getting offers. So um, you thought maybe Nick Bonino wouldn't have a great market, or you at least I think Penguin fans were hoping. Um, Chris Kunitz, older guy, probably not getting offers, right? No, apparently, according to this report, they are getting offers. Um, interestingly, though, there is a report uh, – it's more of a rumor, I guess, speculation from uh, DKPittsburghSports.com that Matt Cullen might not retire. I guess the report is that he might not retire Um and that would obviously, if that's the case, that would be huge news for the Penguins because if they lose Nick Bonino, they would still have a third center that they had on the roster last year, and they would have to just replace Bonino. I don't know if that means moving Cullen up to play more minutes on the third line or you sign somebody else to play the third line uh, third line center role. There's also a, a, a thing that we have to kind of consider. I know Carter Rowney can play center. But there's a lot of other guys that played center at, at the AHL level. Scott Wilson, Jake Gensel. Those two guys could possibly be a center further down the road. I don't. Uh, the, the concern there is they're not going to kill penalties. And how good are they going to be on face-offs? Uh, if you don't have Cullen back and you try and have Rowney and, and Wilson at center, how good are they going to be at, at killing penalties, winning face-offs on the penalty kill? That's to me, the big concern. Penalty kill wasn't exactly a thing the Penguins were great at last year anyway. Um, so I guess you could argue, well, let's go in a different direction. Let's not have Nick Bonino back or Matt Cullen uh, and try and kill penalties with the two different uh, penalty killing centers. Um, I guess you could do that, but the Bonino and Cullen, especially Cullen, were great in the playoffs. And Cullen was out of his mind in Game 6, killing penalties without Nick Bonino. So uh, those two guys are very valuable um, for a lot of reasons, but for me in particular, winning face-offs on the penalty kill. Trevor Daly, Ron Hainsey, Mark Streit, those are the defensemen that are going to be unrestricted free agents. Uh, we talked about the centers. These are the other five main guys. And I, I honestly don't expect any of them to be back. I guess Daly is the one guy that... Uh, the Penguins would want back the most. I think Hainsey and Strait definitely won't be back. Strait could retire. He's, he's I believe, 39 years old now. So um, those guys won't be back daily, maybe, but I think he's going to be out of the Penguins' price range. The need right now is at center, surprisingly. So if they have money, they're going to have to sign a center or try and get Nick Bonino back, um, If especially if Matt Cullen does indeed retire, although I guess there's hope that he might not retire. The last guy that's kind of the odd man out, unfortunately, is Chris Kunitz. And I'm not sure there's really space on the roster right now for him. I'm not talking salary cap. I'm talking roster space after the Ryan Reeves deal. That's another winger. There are already eight wingers on the roster. And I'm not even counting Carter Rowney. I'm assuming that Rowney is going to play either the third line or fourth line center role. Even even if Rowney moves positions, Kuhn, or, there are eight other wings on the team already, not counting Kunitz that also doesn't count Connor Sheary, who's a restricted free agent so I'm not sure where Kunitz fits even if he wants to sign a one-year million dollar deal just to stay with the Penguins which he might be willing to do I don't know where he gets playing time unless they don't play uh, unless they don't play uh, uh, Scott Wilson or Tom Kunacle regularly one of those guys would be the odd man out if they want Chris Kunitz back and have him play all the time in summary, there's a real good chance the Penguins don't get back any of their unrestricted free agents. It's a different story with the restricted free agents, though. Three guys are, I think, definitely will be back. They were uh, extended an, an offer sheet uh, this week, um, so... They, uh, the Penguins have every plan to give them a raise and, and have them on the team next year. There's already reports that the Penguins are working on a long-term deal with Justin Schultz. They also have said that they want to work on a long-term deal with Brian Dumoulin. That would really solidify the blue line if they have Schultz and Dumoulin both back. And it doesn't really... Um, I, I think it makes Daly and the other defensemen that are unrestricted free agents basically expendable. And other than... Uh, having Schultz and Dumoulin on the roster again and locked up long-term. The other positive thing on the blue line right now is Derek Pouliad. The Penguins front office has expressed confidence in him over the last week. So it looks like he might be the number six defenseman next year. Um, Or there's also Chad Ruil, who was re-signed. I think he's better in a seven or eight spot, Um, but... He played well when counted upon. I think he played, if you look at his numbers and his analytics, he has just as good analytic numbers as Trevor Daly and uh, will be coming at a much cheaper price than Trevor Daly will. So uh, another reason why I think Daly will go and, and uh, the Penguins have a in case Pouliad um, doesn't turn out to be good or in case there's injuries again on the blue line, Real will be able to step in. Should be better in his second season with the Penguins as well. Um, The tricky thing about this is my last point of the show. The tricky thing about this free agency period to me for the Penguins. I talked about it before with the Ryan Reeves deal. The number one priority for the Penguins right now is three-peat. But they can't jeopardize their future too much to go all in on one season. If you look ahead to next year, Ian Cole, Patrick Hornquist are both going to be free, unrestricted free agents. So, I think Rutherford has to ask himself, well, would I rather have uh, Bonino and Daly this year and, you know, two or three years after that because they're going to want a multi-year deal? Or do I want to save some cap space or or not be locked up to long-term deals, sign somebody a a third-line, fourth-line center for one year – on the free agent market and have enough money to have Hornquist back on the team definitely next season. Have enough money to resign Ian Cole. Honestly, I think Ian Cole moving forward, I'm talking, you know, three, four years down the line, I think Ian Cole is more valuable than Trevor Daly. Yes, three Pete is the ultimate goal this season. And you can only win the championship that's in front of you. But you got to look a little bit further down the road. Even one season, these are two guys that, especially Hornquist, you, the Penguins don't want to lose because they get caught up in a, a long-term deal that they don't uh, are going to regret years down the road. There's also other restrictive free agents the Penguins got to be. Uh, I don't want to say worried, but thinking about re-signing Brian Rust, Jake Gensel shortly, not next season, but shortly thereafter. Other guys like uh, Connor Sheary, depending on what his contract is, he could be on a, another one year deal. You have these other players, other than Warren and Cole, Rust Gensel are the two that come to mind that need, that will one day uh, need bigger deals, and you don't want to be tied up to a Chris Kunitz three year deal when he's 40 years old, 39 years old, or a Nick Bonino deal that's uh, too expensive because you had to outbid all the other players. Uh, the, the whole market. And uh, so, so that, to me, is the tricky part. Um, Rutherford has been all about winning the year that uh, they're in, win right now. And that's true. The Penguins still win now mode. But you got to look further down the road at the consequences, perhaps, of the deals that you make this summer. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're out of time on this episode of Steel City Hockey. I guess it's going to be after 4th of July by the time we have another episode. So enjoy your holiday weekend, everybody. Make sure to check out thehockeywriters.com for all your latest free agency news, especially this Saturday, July 1st. It'll be a frenzy like it is every year. Check out thehockeywriters.com. If you have any questions or concerns about the show, tweet at me, DM Holcomb d-m-h-o-l-c-o-m-b you can also email me holcombmdavid at gmail.com again thanks for listening everybody go pens